WRFN LP Pasquo. That's low power for the people. You're listening to Radio Free Nashville. Welcome to Ghost Town. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I've got a twofer for you today. A couple of classic LPs I'm going to throw your way. This first one's from 1970. I have the 1970 Electra release, the sophomore album of this band out of the Motor City, Detroit, Michigan. That's right, Proto Punk Forerunners. I play them often. It's the Stooges, Iggy Pop, Dave Alexander, and brothers Ron and Scott Ashton. Also featuring Steve McKay on tenor saxophone, you'll hear. They got a little jazzy on this one. That's right. This is my favorite Stooges record. I do love the first one. I love the third one. I just thought this was a nice, a really nice one. I like this one the best. So today I bring you Funhouse from the Stooges in Ghost Town. So hang out with me and I've got another classic LP. I don't think I'm going to spoil it for you right away. I'm going to keep you on the line if I can. But it's another throwback to the 70s. Not as early as this one, but it's, it's back there. All right. I'm Creepy Steve. Again, Radio Free Nashville. You are hanging in Ghost Town. The Stooges coming your way.
Iggy Pop is considered to be the originator of what is called punk rock today. Iggy and the Stooges. I want a lot out of life and I want a lot out of an audience. There goes Iggy right into the crowd. Bob, I've never seen anything like this before. An act of the new generation. There was something to Jimmy that I hadn't seen in rock and roll. Makeup and costumes were bizarre. It was the most incredible thing I'd ever seen. Their influence was tremendous. He never sold out. He's indestructible in that way. And if that ain't punk rock, I don't know what is. Eggy wanted to do something that was totally different. The reason I was really in it was to try to create a type of music that could explode me like a rocket out of the type of life that I, was planned for me. He wanted to start a band with my brother and so. All right! Yeah. 
I didn't make a complete break with the music that was going on now, uh, I wasn't ever going to make it as a musician. So we had to stop, stop what was going on and make up something new. And the answer is it was done with drugs, attitude, youth, and a record collection. You'll find a place called Studland. Very soon you'll be. Take one. We're rolling. Take six. Sounds better tonight. Did you guys like to hear back when we play to that? I don't know where the fuck we are. Take seven. This is take seven. Right. Take 22 comments. Out of sight. How's that tempo sound to you? That tempo was fucking great. Anybody had your record, they felt like they were the only person for miles that liked this group and everybody else hated it, didn't get it, and that you were special because of that. <laughs> Great, it was a good take.
Inside 
That does it for side one of Funhouse. You're listening to the Stooges in Ghost Town. This is Radio Free Nashville. Enjoying it. You heard, uh, yeah, that was the first side. Down on the street, loose TVI and finishing up there with dirt and a couple of interview clips in there from uh, from documentaries. I found, uh, you know, Iggy Pop, he's well-spoken. If you have not seen the Jim Jarmusch documentary yet, check it out. It's called Gimme Danger. It's on uh, Amazon Prime. And it's a fantastic viewing experience. Uh, a lot of great um, archival footage as well as some great uh, current interviews with Iggy Pop um, sitting down with, with Jarmish. Pretty, pretty awesome stuff, especially if you're into the Stooges. Even if not, if you just kind of want to have your face blown off for a second, uh, check it out. That's, these guys had quite the impact. Okay, more uh, Funhouse on the way. We're going to move over to side B with the anthem of the album, if you ask me. The anthem of the year, 1970. Stay tuned. I'm Creepy Steve. Anti-war demonstrators protest U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War. It's 1969, okay. War across the USA. It's another year for me and you. There are certain bridges made between the sound of the group and the, uh, the commonality of current consciousness. Not a year with nothing to do. This is Jack Maskulin in Cincinnati, Ohio at Crosley Field. In the next 90 minutes, we'll be attempting to communicate an act of the new generation. A happening, an event, an occurrence. Join us then as we go down on the field for the first group. Who's going to get up there and let one go? She got a TV on. She got a TV on me. No. No one knew what Iggy was going to do next. I was walking over the crowd and just walked on him. It was a beautiful thing. Felt like Jesus. At some point, a hand shot up from the crowd with a jar of peanut butter. That's the peanut butter.
quite the ensemble there, wrapping up 1970, the first track on side two of the Stooges album, their sophomore release, Funhouse. That's right, we're most of the way through it at this point, and I've got uh, just a couple more tracks on the way. Uh, fun fact for Funhouse, um, Electra Records' Jack Holzman had asked uh, former Kingsman keyboardist Don Gallucci to produce the record, and uh, Gallucci saw the band live and told Holzman, Quote, interesting group, but I don't think you can get this feeling on tape. Well, Holzman booked a uh, time at Electra's recording studio in L.A. anyways. This is recorded uh, from May 11th to the 25th in 1970. And um, Gallucci and the band had actually stripped the entire studio of its usual gear, and they wanted to emulate the live performances as closely as possible. According to Gallucci, they set up the band in the way they normally do at a concert. For example, Pop was singing through a handheld mic, and the guitar and bass amps were placed side by side. Uh, the, re the results were very raw uh, when you compare to many contemporary records. For example, without the normal uh, isolation baffles, the vibrations from the bass amplifier cause, um, it caused audible rattling of the snare drum on several of the songs, um, which is uh, probably something I could have given you a heads up on just to listen for, but that's okay. Listen to it again in your own time. It's a great record. Um, Pop indicated that iconic blues singer Howlin' Wolf was really... Wolf, did I say that correctly? <laughs> Wolf was really pertinent for, for him on Funhouse. Um, quote, that stuff is wolfy, at least as I could do it. All right. From the man himself. Um, let's see here. Two more tracks for you. Yes. Continu continuing with the Stooges and their sophomore release, Funhouse. You're in Ghost Town. This is Radio Free Nashville. I'm Creepy Steve. <laughs>
There was really nowhere to go but up. We were trying something else. To actually be able to levitate, come to life. Try to make something exciting. came out there and were jumping and grabbing girls by the hair and you know stuff was happening and they couldn't they were absolutely you know running for the door I mean it was just unreal people were frightened of it he saw the reaction he got on him I think he liked it they were kind of shocked yep. it was like that people just would stand real still and then some were lost it ran from hostility to shock. And the people who did enjoy it enjoyed it very privately. Like they just stare at us and then they come home and think about it. We never failed to make an impression. We were ahead of our fun time. I think we really were. All right, wrapping up with Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees. The Stooges there. Are you still with me? Cool. <laughs> after that, uh, after they went all psychedelic on us at the end there, was some, some psych blues. That was L.A. blues, in fact. And um, <laughs> good stuff. You also heard the title track, Funhouse, in 1970, started off side two of that record. We just wrapped it up. Good Freaking stuff right there, Iggy and the Stooges. Okay, I'm moving on. I've got one more LP I'm going to play for you today. You're hanging in Ghost Town. I've got the Slits for you. Their landmark LP cut. And uh, they released this in 1978, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I was able to get the original Island pressing. Very excited about that. So I'm going to play you the whole darn thing. And you're going to enjoy it. All right, I'm Creepy Steve, going to creep along the airwaves with another classic LP. It's the Slits in Ghost Town.
couple songs off the first side of the slits cut record you heard so tough and instant hit in there yes we're talking about Ari up on vocals tessa pollitt on bass viv albertine on guitar and originally palm olive on drums but was replaced by budgie for the record she'd left the band previously um she didn't like the angle that the girls were taking um, they did slather their naked bodies with mud and pose for the cover art of this record. Um, she was not down with that. That was one of several things, I'm sure, but she took off. Budgie came in, laid down some solid beats for this record, and then he went on to play with Susie and the Banshees, of course, if you're familiar with his career, his career history. That's it. I've got a little interview bite here for you. I'm going to continue on with the cut record. I'm Creepy Steve. This is WRFN LP Pasquo. Radio Free Nashville, you're hanging in Ghost Town with the Slits. It's 1977. Honey and Jackie magazines are packed with girls with perfect Charlie's Angel flicks, wearing flares, pinning posters of Rod Stewart to their wall. Legs and Co. sashay mumsily to the latest disco hit on Top of the Pops. And lovely David Soul is at the top of the charts with Don't Give Up On Us Baby. 
The back pages of the NME sell I Choked Linda Lovelace t-shirts in reference to the famous porn star from Deep Throat. Despite the birth of feminism, for many young women, 70s Britain isn't exactly the land of opportunity. But some young women are looking for something a little more underground, something more dangerous, something they can call their own. That thing is punk rock. And it's in little venues like this one that they get to take centre stage for the very first time. So it was here at the Harlesden Coliseum in London that the Slits, the first all-girl punk band, played their debut gig on March the 11th, 1977. Their chaotic performance and in-your-face irreverence made a huge impact on many of those who were in the audience that night. I just felt like, I wish I was me. This is what I want to be. What they sang and how they behaved just spoke to me. I'm always beating the crap out of the drums. Tessa, all in black, she looks amazing. Ari, more than any of the female performers, and even maybe the men, typify the spirit of punk rock. She's fleshing in her old raincoat. You know, it was complete revelation to see them because they were just so energetic, so wild. It's pretty extraordinary, actually. No women had ever done this before.
Frequent Mutilation, listed as FM on the cut record. You're listening to The Slits, their landmark album. Also in their shoplifting, spend, spend, spend. So tough, an instant hit to complete side one. I'm going to continue with side two here in just a moment. After this, you're in Ghost Town. The Slits were at the heart of a fledgling London punk scene, which emerged from the clubs and squats of West London. These squats were crash pads and rehearsal rooms, where manifestos were hammered out and punk bands were born. Punk was a howl of frustration, a visceral reaction to the dull British establishment and 1970s pop music's overblown pretensions, and anyone could be involved. Initially, attention focused on male punk bands, but women soon elbowed their way to the forefront, not just as vocalists, but as guitarists, keyboard players, bass players and drummers. And shortly after the trailblazing Harleston gig, Viv Albertine, who was also part of this closely-knit punk fraternity, joined the Slits on guitar. Let's talk a bit about the kind of atmosphere around punk, because uh, some people may think of it as a kind of aggressive time, but actually it was quite uh, a kind of open-minded time. The, the idea was that you could do what you want. There was a kind of DIY ethos, wasn't there, around it? I sort of didn't know punk existed, well, there wasn't punk, you know. I didn't know there was this way of being yourself on stage and uh, not caring about your accent or how poor you were or where you came from until I saw Johnny Rotten play. And then that was it. It was an epiphany. I think just that package he was, he was as near a girl like me as, as a boy could be, really. I got left 200 quid, the only money I've ever been left in my life, by my grandmother, and I thought, I'm going to go and buy a guitar. Mick Jones, who was my boyfriend at the time, said, great! I literally couldn't play it. I couldn't hold down one bar chord. And then, I think about a week later, I met Sid Vicious in the street, hadn't met him before, and said, I'm going to make a band, and he said, oh, I'll be in a band with you. You were practising for quite a while, weren't you, with Sid? Yeah, we did spend the whole of summer 76, <laughs> the hottest summer on record, in Joe Strummer's basement, trying to uh, get a band together. We sort of got used to how it felt to rehearse and turn up every day, and, and then Sid decided I couldn't play well, guitar well enough to be in the band anymore, even though it was my band. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so you joined the Slits. And did you get a kind of confidence from that environment? Because when you joined the Slits, it was an all-girl group, wasn't it? Mm. I didn't like it being an all-girl group. And everyone at the time was very against being labelled, you know, because we'd been labelled all our lives. We were just these sort of useless, poor, comprehensive school-educated kids. And uh, I said to Chrissy Hind, who was a friend of mine, oh, Chrissy, I don't want to be in an all-girl group. It's tokenistic. And Chrissy just had said to me, oh, shut up, Viv, and get on with it. They're a good band. <laughs> it's very down to earth.
Oh, boy.
us are Babylon lovers. Oh, 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 sweet love on drummers. Continuing on with the Slits Cut record, the landmark album from the all-female punk band out of London. Um, in 77, the group supported The Clash on their White Riot tour. Also along that tour were the Buzzcocks, the Prefects, and Subway Sect. Um, and then club performances of uh, the Slits during this period are included in the Punk Rock movie. It was released in 1978. Um, also in November of 78, the Slits toured with The Clash again on the Sorted Out tour. And they were joined by the Innocents, who opened the shows. This was a big deal for them. Definitely uh, uh, got their name out there and their music. And uh, it, it, it helped their chops, too, to be playing out that much. So by the time they released this record in 79, and uh, they, were, you know, they were set. And uh, also, like I said, Budgie joining them on drums really tightened up the sound. And uh, just a really fantastic record. Okay, I've got a couple more for you here after this uh, word from... Who is it from? Viv Albertine. That's right. The guitar player here in Ghost Town. It was fun. We were all on the same sort of level. I can't believe how we found each other because even to this day, I've never met any other women like the other three slits. Ari and I especially could write together really well, which me and Sid couldn't. He was really crippling to work with, you know, because, I don't know, he wanted to write songs about S&M and... 
<laughs> concentration camps and things, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. With the girls, I could write a song like Typical Girls, and they all understood exactly what I was on about and the pressures of what's expected of you to be a young woman. So should we talk a bit about Ari, because she was uh, a very unusual character. She, she did have an extraordinary mind and she was very, very different and very relaxed about her body. I mean, she pissed on stage, not to be shocking, but she basically desperately needed a piss. And she completely liberated me, actually, about my body. I learned a hell of a lot off her and, and we translated that back into the slits as well. You don't feel any cunt. <laughs> <laughs> the fierceness there is we very specifically made sure our voices and our backing vocals weren't all girly and breathy again you know just like when you shout across a playground you go oi you don't go hey hi you do know this massive you know kind of controversy on the internet as to what the lyrics are in the first oh. verse nobody knows well i don't know <laughs> <laughs>
up the slits there sounds good okay we uh just heard the end of side two there hold on what is going on there all right anywho interesting okay some noise coming through i don't know if you can hear it all right so we heard adventures close to home also typical girls love und romance ping pong affair and new town side two to complete the entire cut record by The Slits, arguably the first female punk band out of the London, UK. All right, still a half hour to go until the top when Matt the Prod Man comes in with RFN Weekend, so please stay tuned all the way through. He'll carry you through the afternoon with some sweet sounds for sure. All right, the specials coming at you now in Ghost Town. I'm Creepy Steve. This is Radio Free Nashville.
Stranglers from their record, Radicus Norvegicus. 
Also in there, you heard the specials with their single, A Message to You, Rudy. Lots of reggae sounds today. How about that? Yes, The Stranglers. That's one of my absolute favorite tracks of all time, I've got to admit to you. Uh, just the way that Hugh Cornwell and Dave Greenfield trade off between guitar and uh, synthesizer, to me, is, is unreal. Blows my mind. Okay, going to keep it going UK style with you as, as we have for the last, uh, gosh, uh, hour, just about, 45 minutes. We had the Stooges in there, a little American influence today. They influenced all these guys you're listening to after the fact. So there's that, UK, although I love your music. And that's a little bit racist in general to say I love all UK music, but I like most of it, so good enough. Okay, Susie and the Banshees coming at you from 1978, the first single that started it all, Hong Kong Garden. You're in Ghost Town.
Moving away from the pulse beat, that's the Buzzcocks from their early Peel sessions. One of my faves. I'll play that often. And uh, in there also, Adam and the Ants with Catholic Day, an early single um, off of the 79 release, Dirk Wears White Socks. My favorite Adam and the Ants record by far. And Susie and the Banshees starting off the set with the early single from 78, Hong Kong Garden. Some good early tracks by some fantastic bands. About 10 minutes more up to the top. Stay tuned for Matt, the Prod Man, bringing you RFN Weekend. And I've got action packed for you right now off the 84 sophomore release, Survival of the Fattest, Johnny Fontaine.
Action Pack, Johnny Fontaine off the second record, Survival of the Fattest, from 1984. And uh, there are compilations out there that include both the first and second record from Action Pack. The first one's called Mercury Theater on the Air, a very unsung hero of the punk rock scene with female George Cheeks on lead vokes. And, uh, I mean, just a heavy-hitting band, very loud. And I can't find any interview footage of them anywhere. It's crazy. But uh, check out their, their music, action-packed, pretty great stuff. P-A-C-T, that's that kind of packed. All right, Creepy Steve signing off. RFN Weekend coming in. Stay tuned. This is Radio Free Nashville. I've got uh, one more for you here. Check it out.
The time is 2 o'clock.